Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week two of our sermon series called Unstuck. And what we're doing in this series that really does have the power to set us free in a lot of different ways is getting into and wrestling with a couple of the biggest ways that you and I get stuck in life. And this week to kind of keep the series moving right along, we're going to be exploring um, one of those topics that affects all of us in life-changing ways. And that is the topic of grief. So what is this horrible thing we call grief? Well, if you want to try to define it, the dictionary definition says this, a deep sorrow caused by someone's death. A deep sorrow caused by someone's death. Or in other words, the way the dictionary gets at this term is grief for those horrible feelings we all experience when someone we love Dies. And, and there's no doubt that definition is absolutely true. But what I would also like to point out to you to expand your thinking a bit is, is that grief is actually way bigger than just losing someone close to us. Or for example, getting a divorce is an experience that causes most people to grieve. Because what happens in divorce is the death of a marriage or a significant loss that can shatter people's lives. Grief is also something that many experience when they have to give up on a dream. Or I remember watching my brother walk through this process of grief when he finally had to give up on his dreams of pitching in the major leagues, which of course was a huge deal for him. I mean, since five years old, he had been shooting for that dream and he didn't make it. And so now he's got to change. And that grief was similar to what he experienced when we lost our grandparents. And then as people get older and start to slow down, which by the way, I don't know if you figured it out, it happens to the best of us. There's a kind of grief that goes along with losing the ability to do what we used to do. Not to mention the grief that happens when we're forced to move out of our homes into a care facility. That's grief. Or what I want you to see regarding the reality of grief is that grief really is bigger than just losing someone we love. Grief is actually the emotional response we have anytime we lose something or someone that matters to us. Or when it comes right down to it, grief at its essence is all about dealing with loss. Anytime we lose something or someone, that is where we experience grief. And so it comes in many shapes and sizes, depending on what your experience is. But now that you're starting to understand grief in a bigger way, the next thing we need to get into is the popular notion that many people hold on how we should experience and respond to our grief. And the kind of grief, of course, that we're going to be talking about here is the grief that takes over our lives when someone dies because my experience is that's the kind of grief that causes the most people to get stuck. But what I also want you to keep in mind as we go through all of this is that this also makes sense of all kinds of grief, right? So grief is way bigger, but we're going to focus in on this one thing. So... At a popular level, 
the way most people understand how grief works is that after a time of struggle and sadness, we'll eventually get over it and just move on. Or to bring in the scientific, for many people, they have been taught, and this is what I was taught myself, that after we work through the stages of grief, as outlined by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and acceptance, we'll finally get to the place where after we've done all that hard work, that we're just over it and we can move on which means for those people who continue to be stuck in their grief, what they need to do is they simply need to work through these stages and then they can finally be set free. Or how many of you have been taught something like this growing up or in school and all that stuff? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I think this is the majority opinion these days. Well, after spending the last 23 years of my life trying to help people deal with their grief, what I have not only discovered but experienced firsthand is grief is not just something we get over and move on. No, grief, especially when it has to do with the loss of someone close, is actually something to a certain extent we will never get over. And to see how this is true, I want you all to take a moment and think about someone close that you have lost. Once you have that person in mind, I then want you to pay attention to how it makes you feel when you think about them. So does that feel like something you've gotten over? Or do you still feel a kind of deep sadness and longing for them? Or to keep pushing, how many of you at some point in your life, when something big happened, without even thinking about it, you go and pick up the phone to call that person because that's what you've always done, only to remember with a bit of heaviness that they're gone. Well, to this day, anytime something big happens in our family, my mom, even though it's been 22 years since she lost her mother, she finds herself reaching for the phone so she can call the one she always called when something big happens. And then, I don't know about all of you, but if I'll take a moment and sit and think about my Nana and Pop, my Grandma and Grandpa Lou, my Grammy, not only do I experience a sense of joy when I think about all the great times we had and what my grandparents meant to me, and I lived in the same town with all these guys, and it was absolutely amazing, but also mixed in there with that joy is a bit of sadness because I still miss them so much. Or what I want, what I long for is I want my grandparents to know my girls and to see how amazing they are and to see kind of the role that they've played in their life even though they're not here. Right? I have that longing in my heart. And it's even the case that right now as I tell you about my experience, you know, I got to fight back the tears because of the grief that wells up in me when I think about those people that I've lost. Well, what I think those experiences help us to see is that contrary to popular belief, Grief is not something we just get over and move on. No, to a certain extent, grief is something we never get over. Okay, so now that you're seeing that, now let me get into what I think is really going on as we work through our grief. And the best way I know how to do that is to share with you a poem I often share at graveside services because for me, this seems to be how grief really functions. It says this. I had my own notion of grief. I thought it was a sad time that followed the death of someone you love and you had to push through it to get to the other side. But I'm learning there is no other side. There's no pushing through, but rather there's absorption, adjustment, acceptance. And grief is not something that you complete, but rather grief is something you endure. 
Grief is not a task to finish and move on, but an element of yourself, an alteration of your being, a new way of seeing, a new definition of self. Now, what I love about this poem is for me, it puts into perspective how grief really isn't something we push through just to get to the other side, but instead is a transformation that has to take place on the inside of us where we have to learn how to live in the world without that person who's always been there or or learn what it means to live our life without that person being there to help and support us. Or, Or grief is the difficult process we all must work through in our own way because nobody grieves the same. Don't judge people on the way they grieve. They're not gonna grieve the way you are. Let that go where we simply do the best we can with what we've got to figure out how to live without that person. And then where the seven stages of grief fit into this experience is they are the normal emotions and reactions we have to face as we go about learning to live in a new way. Which, by the way, is absolutely horrible. It's one of the worst things you will ever face in your entire life. And I'm sorry that all of you are going to have to deal with that at some point in your life. It's not fun. But even though all of that is true, that doesn't mean you can't go on and live an incredible life after they're gone. It just means it's going to take some time for you to figure out how to live without them. Or in the same way, when we face major changes in our lives, it disrupts everything for a time, turning our world upside down. But then after some time and a whole lot of adapting and adjusting, we eventually get settled into a new kind of normal. That seems to be what's going on as we work through our grief. We adapt and adjust and we learn to live in new ways. So again, it's not something we're ever going to completely get over. But even with that, we can still live incredible joy-filled lives as we go about trying to live in new ways. So do you guys see that? Does that make sense to all of you? Um, In my time in ministry, what I run across time and time again are people who think they should just get over it, but they still have that sense of longing inside of them. And when they hear this, they're like, oh, I'm normal. And there's a release there. That's okay. That's the cost of love. When you love someone, there's always going to be that feeling there. That's okay. That's normal. And you guys need to hear that. It's all right. It's okay to be a little bit sad. What's not okay is if you stay there and you dwell in that place. You've got to learn to live without them. So now that you're starting to see how grief really works. Let me share with you the three things that I hold on to that help me as I go about trying to figure out how to live in a world without those that I love. So the first thing I hold on to is how those I've lost would not want me to sit around feeling sad or feeling sorry for myself, but would want me to get up and go out and live my best possible life. Or when it comes to my grandparents, what I know about how they lived is they devoted a big part of their lives providing for and teaching me what I needed to know to go out into the world and thrive. And so they wouldn't want me to sit around feeling sorry for myself. They would want me to take that and go out into the world and do great things. So when I miss them, you know, I don't let the grief come in and take over. I don't allow it to get stuck. What I do is in their honor, I take what they've given me and I go out and live that because that's What would make them happy? And then what I imagine is I give myself to that work is that somehow they're able to see or sense what it is that I'm doing and they are over the moon. They're just beaming not only for who I have become, but because how in a sense a part of them, those good parts that they put in me, still lives on and is doing good things in this world. 
right? Isn't that why we give our kids everything that we give them? Isn't that why we sow seeds in our, our, our grandkids' lives is so they'll continue to take that and move on? Well, in the face of grief, we too must learn to do that. The second way I go about facing my grief is holding on to the fact that, according to Scripture, our experience here on earth is not all there is. Now, beyond this existence is a place where everything is as it should be. And even more than that, where we get to live in the presence of God forever. Think about that. We get to live in the presence of God forever. Just an unbelievable promise that we had, which means for all of those people that I have loved and missed dearly, they're not gone but instead are exactly where they want to be. No more pain, no more suffering, where eventually I'll get to see them again when my time comes. And the scripture that comes to my mind when I think about this promise is John 14, which says this, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Or for me, the reality of heaven brings me a great sense of peace because I believe my loved ones are doing just fine. And then last but not least, I think the most important way that I go about facing my grief is in those dark, seemingly impossible places when it, it seems like it's going to be that way forever. What I do is hold on to God with everything that I am. I hold on to God with everything that I've got trusting. Even if I can't do it myself. That God will give me what I need when I need it. To keep putting one foot in front of the other as he helps to walk me out of the darkness back into the light. Or the truth be told, the best advice that I have to give people who are facing loss, and I deal with this all the time, is that, hey, it's probably going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. That's how it works. But if you will continue to hold on to God with everything that you are, God can get you through even this. Or if you'll hold on to God, there will be a time when you learn how to live in the world without them. Or there will be a time when you will be able to enjoy and celebrate life again, no matter how impossible it may seem in that moment. And the scripture that gets at this for me, which I read at most funerals, is the 23rd Psalm. How many of you guys love the 23rd Psalm? Anybody? Oh, good. There's four people who like that one. Good. <laughs> Let me just read it to you, and I want you to listen to it to see how it speaks into grief. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Now the part of this psalm that really speaks to me as I'm facing my own grief is the famous part, of course, right? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why do I not fear evil? For you are with me. You are with me. God is with us. 
or for me. The, the valley of the shadow of death here, in one sense, is about the darkness we all face when we lose someone. And how even in that place of shadows where the light doesn't seem to shine, we find that God is there with us. Maybe even carrying us as we make our way out of that grief and into a new sense of normal. Okay, so now that I've walked you guys through all of that, what I hope for you as you face your grief, and it's, it's when, not if, right? We're all going to face this. And some people are facing it right now very hard. Is that you'll begin to see that, that grief is not this difficult time. That if we'll just keep pushing, we'll finally get to the other side. No, grief is a hard process of learning to live without your loved one. That you'll never completely get over and that's okay. That's okay. That's the way it works. But even though that's the case, what is also true is it, if you'll take a moment and remember that your loved ones are exactly where they want to be in the everlasting arms of God, and that what your loved ones want is not for you to sit around feeling sorry for yourself, but to take everything that they've given you and go out and live a good life. But most importantly, if you'll remember to hold on to God with everything that you are, trusting that he is with you in those dark places, then I think what you'll find, even in the face of death, life can still be good, joyful, magnificent. In fact, sometimes loss helps us to see just how good life really is. And the reason we can go on is because we serve a God who will never leave us or forsake us, who was with us and for us, always trying to help us get unstuck from our grief. Come on now. Not a very fun topic, but a topic I promise you, if you will take to heart, will get you some, through some of the darkest times in your life. Let us pray. Father, no doubt this is a hard one. And no doubt it brings up memories of those people that we have lost in the past. And those emotions start welling up inside of us. So first of all, Lord, help us to understand that that's actually normal. That's what happens when we lose someone we love. There will always be a sense of sadness there. But what's also true, Lord is that you are with us in those places, helping us to walk out of the darkness and back into the light as we learn to live in new ways. Or Lord, if we are facing grief in this moment or if we will down the road, help us to remember to hold on to you with everything that we are because you are with us and for us and bigger than anything we will ever face. Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.